Welcome to Black Tiger Talk. I'm Superintendent Dr. Tyler Nichols, and this is one of several podcasts we are creating to provide you with the information about Return to School 2020 plan. Today, we will be talking with Julie Dudowns, coordinator of our 612 curriculum instruction, and Allison Bogner, the administrative principal at Cuyahoga Falls High School. And they will be discussing with us about our 612 in-school plan, as well as answering questions we've received over the past few weeks through the Google Forms. Allison, Julie, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So we're going to start with some general questions uh, before we get into the specific questions that have been asked by our community members. First of all, can you tell our audience about the plan overall and your impressions of it? Our basic plan, as the teams were planning and talking, the most important thing that they wanted was to be back and see their students, but they wanted to see their students safely. So they developed a plan that they thought was best for students in a safe manner. And in that six through 12 atmosphere, they developed a plan that would allow them to see their students in an alternating format. They talked to Christine Shaw, who let them know that by splitting the students from A through K and L through Z, that that would be the best place to split in our district so that we would have a pretty even split in terms of students. And then they worked from there that students would be able to leave at lunch, do a grab and go lunch. And then we wanted to make sure that the plan was very student centered. So they added instruction in the afternoons in a remote format. And they added instruction during the day on Fridays as well, also in a remote format. And the days that students are in school, they will be seeing half of their classes on one day, half of their classes on another, and they will still be having that tiger time because we wanna make sure that we're also addressing students' social emotional needs. Ms. Bogdan? Sure, I just wanted to add to that. Our six to 12 task force, as Mrs. Dadone said, was very concerned about providing our students with a schedule that they could follow throughout the day that was regimented and held them to be accountable and that we could provide them with the best instruction possible in a blended format. And so when we looked at that, and when you look at our schedule, there is um, that mixing of that in-person instruction as well as online instruction and then the online live. And students will see every single one of their teachers in some format every single day. That was so important to us. We didn't want to lose contact or communication with our students as we were navigating through the blended environment. So we are very excited that we have that opportunity out there for our platform. One of the questions that I'm getting frequently is the notion that students are leaving at 1230. And so there's a perception that students are only getting half days, two days a week of instruction. And we have calculated um, the time involved with direct instruction between what we have prior to uh, COVID-19 and what we have in this blended environment. Uh, Ms. Bogdan, could you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. You know, listening to feedback from our spring 
situation. We know that parents, when it came to the online instruction where students were going on and doing assignments, that we really needed to beef that up. And within our subcommittee, we knew that we had a little bit of practice, but we had a long way to go. So we wanted to build in time for teachers to create high quality instruction for those times when students will just be online at home accessing those classes and to be able to post that. So it was a big balance, okay? We needed to give our teachers some time to do that, to get some really good content out there, but we also wanted to make sure that we maximized the amount of times that we could see our students. When you look at the days where students are coming to our school in person, those two days that they do come, and then when they do their grab and go lunch and go home, and once again, they're live online with teachers, there is only a seven to 10 minute difference because you have to account for the lunch, you have to account for passing periods when a traditional class day is looked at. So on those couple days, that instruction is a seven minute difference. And similar to the days when you're home in the morning and then you go live online in the afternoon, those online periods, we are expecting teachers to put information out there, instruction out there, lessons out there that actually take that amount of time to do. So we did account for the amount of time students will be spending um, on their courses. How will the risk levels impact the plan? For our 6 to 12 students, there will not be a big impact when you look at yellow, orange, and red. That is all the blended environment that we have put out there for everybody to see. Of course, the time that everybody would be going fully remote in the purple, we would go to a complete remote learning um, environment. And the task force is currently actually picking that apart so that we can be very organized if that would come our way. Why did we choose to go a blended model, even in yellow and orange, risk level one and two in our 612? When we were looking at orange and yellow and whether or not our students can co- could come back, everybody come back, you know, five days a week versus not, some of the considerations that we had were at the six to 12 level, the amount of passing times and students that had to go from class to class throughout the day. And one of the strong recommendations was to minimize that. That was very hard to do in a six to 12 environment. We also, so as much of the decision was made based on safety, having Uh, The social distancing recommendations, I know that a lot of people talk about our century-old, just the high school, if I'm going to talk about the high school, it's only almost 100 years old, and with that being said, the classroom square footage sizes are very small, and so we were having a very hard uh, time, it would have been extremely challenging, if not impossible, to follow those social distancing guidelines and hold classes within the building for all students. Wasn't lunch also a great consideration? Absolutely. If you're looking at a typical day at Cuyahoga Falls High School, um, we are feeding close to 1,500 students and um, socially distancing within the cafeteria, making that all work, would have added a tremendous amount of extra time, which would have not been instructional time. And so we would have lost time there. Whereas if we do a grab-and-go lunch where Chef Bill is working very hard to make that work so that we can feed all our students every day. But if we look at that grab and go uh, scenario that we can adhere to social distancing, students can still get nourished and fed, and then they can travel home and 
get online with their teachers once again? We talk an awful lot about safety. And this plan, the blended plan, was put together with safety in mind first. What are some other things that are being done to create a safe environment for not only our students, but also our staff? We have masks required for students in grades 6 through 12, unless there are medical exemptions. Teachers will be cleaning between classes. We actually have a plan set up in grades 6 through 12 where we will be keeping all of the desks in the classroom and the desks will be numbered. The teachers will be seating, for example, maybe period one will sit in seats one, three, five, seven, and period two will sit in seats two, four, six, eight, so that the teachers can spray the cleaner that needs to sit on the desks for a certain number of minutes. And that can sit there the appropriate amount of time before it's wiped off. There will be directional signs that dictate the flow of traffic. Students are not using lockers. We'll have a minimal number of supplies. The bathrooms are going to be monitored and cleaned on a schedule throughout the student day. Custodians will be using an electrostatic sprayer each evening in every classroom. There will be social distancing and the classroom configurations will be appropriate. If I could just add to that, as far as, you know, what are we going to do when students are here, when everybody's here, we're going to be a family. We're going to be a black tiger family and we're going to have expectations of each other. We're going to hold them up, hold each other to those expectations. We're going to really adhere to personal hygiene. When you're supposed to go down one hallway, one direction, everybody's going to go down one hallway, one direction. We're going to, we're going to work as a family to make this happen because our goal is for everybody to be back in this building after this pandemic or whenever it's, it's safe. And um, unless we do those things and are responsible as a family, then uh, we'll never get there. So we're really going to work together. It's interesting in the podcast this morning with uh, Donna Skoda, um, we talked about the future and, and what do we see with regard to this, uh, this pandemic. And quite frankly, uh, we're in this thing for, for the long haul and uh, probably going to be dealing with it for at least another year. And so we have to set up our plans to be flexible enough uh, to uh, roll with the different risk levels uh, that are going to be associated with the virus. Uh, it appears to be a very resilient virus and is um, going to be with us for a while. So we have to be flexible enough uh, to, to manage that situation. Can you give me an idea what the classrooms will look like? Um, Mr. Dones, you, you talked about the numbering of desks, one, three, five, seven, and two, four, six, eight, and those kinds of things. What else can you tell me about how the, the classrooms might be set up? We've been studying um, recommendations that are being um, put out there by different, you know, whether it's departmentally. I know our music department and their association has put out a lot of recommendations with how to set that up. Um, they've been successfully practicing that right now as I'm watching our, our marching band six uh, feet socially distanced, about 10 of them practicing right outside my windows right now. But we are really relying on some of the guidelines put out there. Uh, things that we are reading is to have everybody facing the same way, if possible, to have students facing the windows. If you do have a fan in the room that that's pointing towards in the, in the air circulation is going out the window. We are going to ask uh, teachers to uh, minimize the amount of materials that they share, if not to eliminate all of that, uh, and minimize what you expect students to bring to uh, the class because of the 
uh, not having a locker. So really relying on the technology piece and um, the Chromebooks and communicating through that, still collaborating so that we're not all doing a traditional, you know, lessons there, but to be creative in the way that you collaborate in those rooms, being responsible with the distance. I'm going to move into some of the specific questions that we've received through Google Forms. Uh, the first one is from Melody. If I have three kids in two different schools and I choose to send them the two days, can you confirm that they will all go on the same two days? Yes, that is something that we can do. And should Melody find out that she gets schedules and it, something seems to be off, she just needs to contact her building principal as soon as possible so that we can help fix that. One more related question to that from Jamie. What if uh, children in your household have different last names? We understand that that's a reality for many of our families. That is a reality in my personal life. And um, again, just contacting the building principals to let them know. It, it, that's information that we have for many of our families. But if for some reason we don't have it, again, please contact us so that we can help make that work for your family. Carrie asks, can we get a class syllabus for our child's classes before we decide if we will do remote learning or mixed learning? Having a syllabus before July 31st is, um, is somewhat impractical. We are doing our best to describe the differences between option one and option two and how those schedules will look differently. But when you get down into the specific classes uh, and syllabi associated with those classes, um, that's a layer that we are not going to be able to get to prior to July 31st. I am able to provide through Edmentum a short class description if parents want to see what the class description looks like through Edmentum. And then on top of that, um, the program of studies that is on the Cuyahoga Falls High School website would give a brief description of our courses as well. And in both platforms, we're going to be following the standards. We're going to be following curriculum guides. They're both going to adhere to um, what you need to do within the, within the courses as mandated by local and state decisions. In our previous podcast, uh, with regard to Black Tiger Remote Learning Academy as well, we explained that uh, one of our objectives right from the very beginning was to have all of the platforms as parallel as possible. Uh, whether it's in-person, blended, or remote. Uh, we wanted those courses to be um, very, very similar and then use Edmentum uh, in the 612 environment as a tool uh, and not the total curriculum per se. Uh, even in the Black Tiger Remote Learning Academy, we will still be using our teachers who are familiar with our curriculum and deliver uh, instruction based upon our courses and using Edmentum as a tool uh, to help deliver instruction in that way. Um, like I said, we're doing our best, our best to provide information um, about the differences between the two options, um, but ultimately a, um, a course syllabus uh, prior to July 31st is, uh, is somewhat impractical at this point. Cynthia asks, will sixth and ninth grade students still have their first day orientation to get acquainted with their new surroundings? Absolutely. We feel that this is very important for those students that are new to the building. It's not going to look the same as maybe in, in previous years, if you had students go through our system before, 
but we're in the process right now of creating special events, special videos, um, different ways to make sure that our sixth grade students and our ninth grade students transition to their new environments in a comfortable manner. And just a reminder for our parents that we are delaying the schedule. Uh, so the first student day instead of August 19 will be uh, August 24th. Uh, we're providing our staff with three extra days of professional development to uh, uh, to help prepare for that first day of school and uh, what it might look like in the fall. Uh, Judy asks, when you mentioned splitting the schools up to go two days in a classroom, will you keep classes together so the seniors will be together uh, in their last year? No, we're splitting up by alphabet. So um, if you look at any of our classes, there's freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors in many of them. So it's it's not as easy as um, just saying these are senior classes and these are junior classes and we're going to split it up that way. So uh, we are not keeping specific classes together in person. Carolyn asks, are the 612 kids with an IEP doing two days a week or are they going to have five days a week like the K-5 option and are they going to be required to wear masks? Those are all data decisions, data-driven decisions um, that we're going to work with our case manager, our students with disabilities on a case-by-case -case basis to see um, what is the best fit for them as determined by how they did last spring or the needs within their IEP. So those are a case-by-case -case basis. And um, as far as masks are concerned, um, if there's no medical reason, um, not to have a mask on, they will be required to wear masks like the rest of our students. But um, once again, that's a decision made by the IEP team. Melanie and Stephanie, like many others, and in our previous podcast, ask about the AP courses, CCP courses, and our uh, accelerated courses in the middle school. Edmentum does offer a very robust variety of courses. They definitely offer the core courses and they offer some of the AP courses, but they would not necessarily be taught by an AP teacher. That depends on which of our teachers apply to teach online. That being said, we are looking at some ways to be able to offer those courses to our students who we know want them. But at this time, we can't make a definite guarantee. There are some students who may have to choose other options. In terms of students who are doing the accelerated courses at the middle school level, those are courses that we're able to offer in Edmentum because they're just taking courses at the next level and they are all core courses for the most part. Uh, the one area, and I did mention this in the online podcast, is the accelerated art option, which I believe we'll be able to offer. I just need to confirm that. Well, you described what would happen uh, given option two, but we did not describe what happens in option one with AP, CCP, uh, accelerated courses, and so on and so forth that is not necessarily using Edmentum, but they're using our curriculum. And so in option one, in a blended learning environment with our teachers, um, I'm anticipating that we are going to offer our courses as we have always offered our courses. Am I correct in saying so? Correct. Ms. Bogdan, do you have anything to add? Yes, I know some of the some concerns um, are that is that enough time if you're only here two days a week uh, with your teacher for an accelerated course 
and our teachers are already working um, on how to make this happen. Uh, they will be posting not just assignments, it will be videos, it'll be um, recordings of themselves when it's that time of the day where they might be home doing this. And then every day they'll see every single teacher. Um, so uh, we are confident that we will be able to provide the rigorous curriculum within those um, accelerated courses um, to our students. So Allison writes, uh, going back to our 1230 issue, uh, release time, 1230 release time. What about specials, band, arts, sports? Will kids be mandated to log into classes at normal times? Yes, we have created a schedule that holds students responsible and accountable for being where they need to be at certain times. Of course, we're going to have situations where that might uh, not be possible, and we'll work with those on an individual basis. But um, yes, students will be logging in. Teachers will be doing check-ins. Check for instance, um, on the day that they do come in person, first period through fourth period, we're gonna be taking attendance just like normal. When they go home and they do live instruction in those short check-in times for fifth period through seventh period, that's another thing. Teachers are gonna make sure that all the kids are there, that questions are being answered, um, that they're supporting them emotionally through this as well as academically. We ask and we expect students to be where they need to be at all, all the times that we've given them. All right. Are there anything, any other items that you would like to share with our audience today? Just what uh, Ms. Bogdan was saying, that it's very important to us that we are a Black Tiger family and that our teachers are working hard, our principals are working hard. They want to continue to make connections with our students and our families in any way they can. And we just ask that people continue to reach out for help when they need it, that everyone in the district is here for you and they will do anything they can to make this a successful year. This is new to all of us, but we are here to help and we love our students and we just want everyone to have the best year they possibly can despite the circumstances. A lot of people have been working hard this summer and they are willing to go the distance. Ms. Bogdan? Yes, I, want, I wanted to, um give a shout out, I guess you could say, to uh, my subcommittee. Uh, it was made up of a variety of teachers and administrators, including uh, Melody Carlisle, Jennifer Culver, Ben Davis, Mandy DeCamp, Melissa Fitzsimmons, who are all teachers at our uh, Bullock Roberts or High School, as well as Chris Geyer and Kara Walters, both uh, the principals at Bullock and Roberts and then Jessica McCalick, our special education instructional specialist. So all of them worked hard. I wanted to thank them for all of their hard work and the continued work that they're doing right now. In addition, um, some of my conversations lately have been on the phone. If anybody wants to talk through the plan, if they'd rather after they listen to a podcast or read some literature or, or if they just have a question, please reach out to me or any of my administrators. We are all available to answer your questions so that you can make the most um, responsible or best choice for your family at, during this uh, very crazy time. Um, you can reach me at 330-926-3808, extension 502110, or you can always email me, cf underscore Bogdan at Falls. Dot org, and um, I just want to make sure that um, everybody knows that your children are our priority. We love them as much as you do, so we are here for you. We're here for them, and um, we want everybody to be safe and go Black Tigers. Thank you both for uh, taking the time to talk with me today. 
Uh, if any of our listeners have additional questions as they are making their decision before July 31st, uh, please contact Mrs. Dudones, Ms. Bogdan, uh, through the Google form link. We will be answering and responding to your questions uh, through our Google form link. I would remind our listeners to listen to our other podcasts uh, as we are covering areas such as K-5, 6-12, uh, students with disabilities, exceptional children. Um, I mentioned the Summit County Health Department joined me on a podcast. So we're trying to cover all of the areas. Uh, and uh, you heard us mention a number of times, we did a podcast earlier today with Black Tiger Remote Learning Academy. So we encourage you to, um, to listen to each one of those podcasts uh, as you are making your final selection prior to July 31st. And so I will close with, be well, Stay safe, and as always, Go Black Tigers!